I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, I'm Sarah. And I'm Toby. And this is the Whispering Woods podcast. This episode is all about... Wiltshire Summit. Mount Shasta. <laughs> Mount Shasta. <laughs> Not Wiltshire. <laughs> That's just down the road for us. <laughs> okay, so we've got a review to read today. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. What they told was pretty good stories. I like the background sound effects. Pretty good podcast. I do re- recommend it if you want something scary. Oh, lovely. And who's that from? SM Clone 124 Thank you so much. And that's over in Canada. Thank you for leaving <sighs> that review. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can join us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the whispering words. I'll leave a link in the podcast notes where we've got links to our social media and everything like that if you want to come and say hello. Right, Mount Shasta or Wiltshire. We are <sighs> actually doing Mount Shasta. Do you, I'm assuming you know nothing about it. Nope. Okie dokie. Well, I've got an introduction. So today's episode, I've got an introduction. Then I've got... um. A story about something happening on the mountain. Well, I've got two stories then, actually, about two uh, about things happening around the mountain to people. Strange things. Yes. Are you ready for the introduction? Yes, I am. Nestled majestically in Northern California, Mount Shasta is not only a magnificent natural wonder but also a place steeped in mystery and mythology. 
According to Native American tribes, Mount Shasta is considered a sacred and spiritual site. The Wintu people believe that the mountain is inhabited by powerful spirits and is the center of creation. They hold the belief that the mountain is guarded by a great spirit called Skell, who possesses immense wisdom and protects the land and its people. Skell, spirit of the above world, plays a significant role in the mythology of various Native American tribes, particularly in the Southwest. One of the most enduring tales surrounding Mount Shasta is that of the mystical city of Telos, said to be hidden within the mountain. According to believers, Telos is a thriving underground city inhabited by an advanced civilization known as the Lemurians. These ancient beings, the legends claim, escaped the destruction of their homeland, Lemuria, and found refuge within Mount Shasta's secret tunnels. Many claim to have encountered these Lemurians, describing them as tall, enlightened beings who impart wisdom and spiritual guidance to those who are deemed worthy. The Lemurians are said to be highly evolved, having mastered both spiritual and technological knowledge. According to the legends, Telos is an enlightened city filled with crystal structures, advanced healing techniques and a harmonious way of life. Another fascinating tale is that of the mystical beings known as the Ascending Masters, who are said to reside within Mount Shasta. These entities are believed to be spiritual teachers who have reached a higher state of consciousness and guide humanity towards spiritual growth and enlightenment. Many people claim to have had encounters with the Ascending Masters while exploring the mountain's serene wilderness. It's said that they radiate an aura of pure love, wisdom and compassion. These encounters often occur in moments of deep meditation or when one's heart and mind are open to receiving their messages. Some popularly mentioned ascending masters associated with Mount Shasta include Saint Germain, Lord Adama and El Moria. Each master is said to have their own unique qualities and teachings, contributing to the collective spiritual growth and well-being of humanity. Saint Germain, known as the Master of the Violet Flame, is regarded as a powerful spiritual guide and alchemist. He's said to assist individuals in transmuting negative energies into positive ones, promoting spiritual transformation and healing. Lord Adama, the High Priest of Telos, is said to be the head of the underground city, which exists beneath Mount Shasta. It's said that Lord Adama and the advanced beings of Telos work diligently to support humanity's evolution and spiritual awakening. El Moria, an ascending master associated with the colour blue, is revered for his teachings on divine will and spiritual leadership. 
He is said to inspire individuals to embrace their inner strength and take courageous steps on their spiritual path. Many individuals who have encountered these ascending masters report experiencing profound shifts in consciousness, heightened spiritual awareness and a deep sense of love and peace. Their guidance often helps seekers align with their life's purpose, overcome challenges and embrace their highest potential. Mount Shasta is also renowned for its association with extraterrestrial activity. Numerous sightings of UFOs and strange lights have been reported in the skies above the mountain. Some believe that these sightings are evidence of an interdimensional portal or a landing site for beings from other worlds. Mount Shasta's unique energy and magnetic fields are thought to attract these celestial beings, adding to the mystical allure of the area. All sorts of weirdness going on. Yeah. I'd love to visit. Do you know what it reminds me a little bit? But obviously this is nowhere near on the scale of Mount Shasta. But there are similar sort of legends surrounding Glastonbury Tor. Mm-hmm about a god living on the uh, the tour people and different uh, you know the fairy king is meant to live inside the tour and it's a gateway to the underworld so really quite similar themed stuff going on i love it yeah i love it i know that one of our listeners listeners sorry emma isn't so much into the ufo stuff but I'm hoping she'll still enjoy this episode, even though it has aliens. <laughs> <laughs> or, well, whatever it is going on there. Magical beings of some sort, isn't it? Yes. The first I heard about Mount Shasta, because it is like a really, really spiritual place, I get the impression that people go there like there are cults. I'm fascinated by cults, as you know, Tobes. And yeah. <laughs> I was going to start up my own. Oh. <laughs> Not a deadly one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just don't want my, to be known as my mum and notice in a cult. <laughs> a cult. Mistress of a cult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would be a bit strange. Okay, we'll leave that one. <laughs> um, yeah, so what, what? I lost my drift. What, what was I going to say? Yep. Um, I think I've got the impression that people make p- pilgrimage to because it is so spiritual there, which is really similar to Glastonbury as well. I, I love Glastonbury. It's one of my favourite places to go. When I feel, like, spiritually drained, I love to go to Glastonbury. And I love to get in. Can you remember when I took you into the um, the spring and you loved it? Oh, in Glastonbury. Yeah, and it was freezing cold. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that little hat that you got? Oh, I've got a photo of that. I was looking at it I the other day. I just remembered about that. I can't yeah. remember. That was weird. <laughs> little elf hat. I'm gonna, yeah, that I'm, was funny. I'm going to paste that photo. That was you and George at the top of Glastonbury Tour. Yeah. Sat down out we of the wind. In, yeah, because the, the hill was really windy. And mm. We bought the blanket. We was walking up with it over us. Mm-hmm. And then into that like tall building thingy, would you? Mm. Yeah. It's lovely. Lovely place. Very spiritual. Yeah. It fills up my spiritual cup. And we went, what's that? And we went into that place that was like mystical. It was like that weird like cave and it had like that water in. That's the well. Yeah. 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 And 
Wasn't there a lady in there that told fortunes or something? No, they just get, like, people just strip off and get naked, don't they? Yeah, well, no, but I swear there was people in there that told fortunes. Oh, they might fortune. have been. Yeah, might like, have been doing tarot and things like that. And there was that that nice free clean water mm. out of that thing dripping. Out of the taps, yeah, so you can collect it and take some home. And it just did. keeps going, on it? It does, yep. yeah. There's a, yeah, there's a video of it, someone doing it as well. The magical spring. Oh, I love that story. <laughs> right, anyway, are you ready for the first story? Yes, I am. On a cool October 1st, 2010, something strange happened. It all started with a three-year-old child going missing. The family was having a special day in the quiet wilderness near Mount Shasta in California. They were planning to go fishing and take a walk, but that wasn't to be the case. With their adventurous child, John Doe, the family was enjoying the beauty of the area while setting up their campsite in a large forest. As they were busy getting their things in order, an unexpected distraction briefly took their attention away from the young explorer. As their focus shifted back to their surroundings, a chilling realisation dawned upon them. Their child had vanished. Panic quickly took over. Their initial confusion morphed into sheer desperation. How could this have happened? It felt as if their world had been upended in the blink of an eye. They had so many questions racing through their minds. Did the child go off on his own to find hidden treasure enchanted by the wilderness around him? Or did something take him away, or someone, leaving behind nothing but confusion and worry? The forest, once full of life, now felt like it was hiding secrets that wouldn't reveal themselves. Frantically, the family combed through the dense foliage, their calls for John echoing through the towering trees. Every rustle, every whisper of the wind seemed to mock their anguish. Hours turned into an eternity as the sun began to set, casting long shadows upon their tear-stained faces. As it got dark at six o'clock, the family became desperate as it would be harder to find their missing son. They searched through the thick bushes but couldn't find him. At this point, they'd been looking for hours, so they decided to call the police and tell them that their son had disappeared. Without delay, the search team started looking for the missing boy in the big forest near Mount Shasta. They looked for five long hours until, amazingly, they found him hidden in the bushes, very close to a path they had already checked. They felt so relieved when they found the boy alive and unhurt, with no injuries on his body. But he seemed to be in a strange state, like he was in shock and not fully aware of what was happening. The parents believed that their child's shock was caused by the scary experience of getting lost and being alone in the forest for a long time. They thanked the rescuers for finding their child, and after a quick check at a nearby hospital, they started their trip back home feeling grateful that their child had been found safe and sound. A few weeks since the incident, 
It became apparent that the boy had been keeping a secret. The truth of what had happened on that day at Mount Shasta. One day, his parents left him with his grandma, Kathy, who he called Cappy. While they were playing, the boy said something unexpected. His grandma looked confused and asked him to explain what he meant. In response, the boy recounted a spine-chilling encounter from his time in the forest. He described how a woman, disguised as his grandmother, materialised along the path. This imposter proceeded to clasp his tiny hand and led him deep into a cavern nestled beneath the towering mountain. Within the eerie depths, the child found himself in a dim, icy chamber, teeming with countless spiders and peculiar robotic figures. These lifeless automatons stood motionless, their presence overshadowed by an assortment of scattered belongings, wallets, pistols and other such miscellaneous items strewn across the cold, desolate floor. Whilst there, John glimpsed another man nearby, who at first glance seemed to be his grandfather. But after seeing several robotic beings in the mystical Mount Shasta, he felt compelled to seek solace with the woman he believed to be his grandmother. Little did he know what awaited him would shake him to his very core. The grandmother's head emitted an eerie glow, unravelling the truth that his beloved grandmother was not real. Then something inexplicable happened. The imposter presented John with a peculiar piece of paper and requested he relieve himself on it. The young boy was overcome with embarrassment, his instinct to refuse and resist growing stronger with each passing moment. Yet despite his objections, she persisted. The woman then stopped urging and told John an unsettling tale revealing that John had originated from the cosmos and had been planted within his mother's womb. Bewildered, he followed her out of the cavern and onto a trail, where he was instructed to await the arrival of the others. John's grandmother rang his parents, convinced this story must have been inspired by something he'd watched on television. She was angry, as it seemed like he'd been watching age-inappropriate material, Confused by the grandmother's accusations, the boy's father inquired about the specifics of the story. Reluctantly, she recounted the extraordinary story relayed to her by the child. A sense of familiarity washed over the father, as if he'd heard a similar story before, though the circumstances eluded him. Nevertheless, both the boy's father and grandmother concluded that he must have witnessed a fictional account on television, hence his vivid imagination. As the boy's grandmother thought about the story further, she couldn't shake off the nagging feeling that a single television show couldn't have triggered such an intricate tale from her grandson. The image of a disguised woman luring him into the cave sent shivers down her spine. It reminded her of a disturbing incident she herself had experienced only a year prior to John's disappearance. The grandmother, also an outdoor enthusiast, vividly remembered venturing into the same forest near Mount Shasta with a friend. One evening, during their excursion, she suddenly lost consciousness 
and when she awoke the next morning, she found herself face down on the muddy earth. The connection between her own strange encounter and the eerie circumstances surrounding her grandson's disappearance began to unnerve her. She couldn't brush off the possibility that something otherworldly or inexplicable was at play in the forest. The television explanation seemed increasingly inadequate, leaving her with a sense of unease and a desire to unravel the truth behind these unsettling occurrences. Despite abstaining from alcohol and drugs prior to the expedition, she found herself unable to recall how she was transported away from her tent. Simultaneously, an intense agony surged through her neck and upon closer inspection, she discovered two minuscule punctures encircled by inflamed reddened skin. Astonishingly, her companion bore identical marks on her neck, leading them both to initially suspect a spider attack. Unfortunately, their health rapidly deteriorated, succumbing to some kind of debilitating flu that rendered them bedridden within the tent for countless hours. Struggling to muster even a fraction of their energy, the mere thought of packing their belongings and departing the forest seemed impossible. While battling sickness, Cathy then succumbed to exhaustion and drifting into a peculiar sleep where she found herself ensnared by a horde of beings, their eyes aglow with an eerie crimson hue. Dismissing the encounter as a figment of her imagination, she reassured herself that nothing out of the ordinary had occurred. Gradually recovering, they bid farewell to the forest, yet it took several months for Katie to fully heal from the incident. She believed she would have buried the memory entirely, if not for her grandson's story. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. That story makes me feel really uncomfortable. Yeah, it reminds me of that story of Riker Webb who went missing. Three days, I think it was, and he was found like three miles away from his home. Two years old, mine, and he he looked completely different when he came back, mm. and he was in different clothes and everything. Really? And wow. yeah, people saying that like I don't know, but raised by wolves, but obviously not raised, but because mm. there was wolves and uh, bears in the area, right? And people were saying that I don't know they took care of him or something because mm. he did look quite different before. 
he didn't look injured or nothing. He just looked different. Right. Oh. Well, so what was the name of that little boy? Riker Webb. In case anybody wants to take a look. Where did you see it? On TikTok? Yeah. Mmm. Spiders. This reminds me of the other night with... Right. We had a bit of a commotion. Um, I was in bed with my granddaughter. She was staying for the night. And then at one o'clock in the morning, I had five text messages from George saying, Help. (laughs) Right. Now, after everything that's been going on, this terrified me. I thought, what on earth is going on? So I jumped out of my bed. Yeah, I was in my bed wondering what's going yeah. on as well. And it was a massive spider. Now, George was in there with his girlfriend, and they were both petrified, refusing to go back to sleep, because apparently there was a tarantula <laughs> <laughs> in their bedroom. Now, I must say, because oh, we're all really scared of spiders, aren't we? And I think <laughs> you should be, you know? It's natural to be scared of spiders, so I just went back to bed and left him to it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, no. Yeah, no. When that happened, Reese was staying over. We found a, found a spider in my room, and it was like, I don't, we didn't like spiders. We just that was, we didn't want it, so we just put. <laughs> I found a mug, and it was when we got right position, right spot. Mm. I just slapped a mug on top of mm. it, and mm. then I was like, right, that's there for tonight. <laughs> that is not moving. <laughs> yeah, and I'm... in the morning, I like kind of had to. S- slightest piece of paper under mm. it to try to get it out and I was proper bookie because I don't know how to pick it up yeah it makes my back go every time you know <laughs> my back just like oh it's a bit irrational really but there we go <laughs> <laughs> so have you heard of missing 411 no because right there are all these stories there's um, a writer I don't know if he was originally a writer or a policeman or something but he's done all of these books about people who go missing in various places in America and it sounds very much like something from one of those books this story and the whole area where people just go missing like they've had hunters who just disappear without a trace never to be found like really really experienced people who know what they're doing out in the wilderness not like me um, because I just wander off and get lost and that would be understandable if I was never to be seen again. <laughs> yeah, really odd, but kind of fascinating place. Are you ready for the third and final story? Yes, I am. I went on a little hiking trip with my dad to Shasta, California, a small town in Northern California near the Oregon border. Shasta is home to a potentially active volcano named, of course, Mount Shasta. There are many trails on Mount Shasta, so my father and I were excited to do some hiking. We drove up the side of the mountain to the parking lot in which one of the trails begins. I believe it was called the Old Ski Bowl Trail. The landscape was a very barren incline, filled with rocks, boulders, dirt and very few trees. About an hour into the trail, we came across a very odd assembly of these large boulders. They were arranged in a circle. We thought it was strange, but we continued on. If you look up pictures of the trail, you'll see much smaller rocks arranged in patterns and circles. My father and I only encountered three people. At least, that's what they appeared to be at first. The first two were father and son. 
we met them on a steep incline that went along the wall of a cliff that would then switch back as it reached the top of the cliff. We stopped and said hello, talked about the trail, and then went our separate ways. Here's where it gets weird. Dad and I kept walking up the incline for just about two minutes. I turned around and I saw the father and son so far down the trail. It should have taken them at least 20 minutes to get down to where they were. But somehow, they were there in only about two minutes. To this day, I have absolutely no idea how this could have happened. There was no one else on the trail at that point, and I could see the colour of their clothes from that distance, so I knew it was them. I pointed it out to my dad. We thought it was weird, but we didn't dwell on it, so we kept going. And here is where it gets much weirder. As we reached the top of the cliff, there was another strange rock arrangement that was off to the side of the trail. This time, there were far more rocks than before and they were now arranged in rows, almost like gravestones. We continued on the trail and reached another sort of incline with a switchback to reach the top of another cliff. We reached a point where we would need climbing gear to continue, so we decided to head back. When we turned around, I saw a man standing among the rocks, staring at us. He was wearing a button-up shirt, cargo shorts and a wide-brimmed straw hat. He was at a distance where I should have been able to make out his facial features, but it was almost as if he had none. Like his face was just flesh and skin. I pointed him out to my dad and then the man quickly ducked down behind a boulder and was peering out at us over the top of the boulder. It seemed almost playful, like a child trying to hide. For a few moments I was out of it and I had no recollection of what was going on. According to my dad, I just started walking towards the man in the hat. My dad was calling to me, Joshua, Josh, Josh, what are you doing? doing? Where are you going? going? And then I came to. I was standing right at the edge of a cliff. It was a huge drop, enough to kill me or seriously injure me. My dad grabbed me and pulled me back to the trail. He told me to stay put. And my dad went down to the boulders to search for that man, but he wasn't there. There was nowhere for him to go except up or down the trail. It didn't make any sense. He just disappeared. I have no idea what was going on on that trail, and I have no explanation for it. I've told this many times to family and friends, and no one has any explanation. I've done research and found similar stories about encounters with a man with no facial features wearing a hat. I've also read that the Native American tribes from the area viewed Mount Shasta as a holy site. They believe it could act as a portal to other dimensions and that it's guarded by spirits who would potentially harm anyone who tried to go up the volcano. If anybody has any similar experiences or any insight at all, I would love to hear. So please share anything you have to offer. 
Oh, a no-face man. Yeah. Oh, I can't. I can't deal with that. I once, when I was younger, I remember seeing a car and somebody driving it, and I thought they had no face. It's probably just my imagination, <laughs> but you never know. And that really frightens me because it's like we've spoke about before, haven't we? When people wear masks, so you can't read them. Yeah. Can't read their intentions, and that's kind of similar, but even more frightening not to have have, have a face at at all. At least wear a mask and cover the fact that you haven't got a face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, I probably wouldn't like them to wear a mask because when people wear masks with face, they just look disturbing. Yeah, but imagine seeing, like, a head with no face at all. I'd be like, <laughs> can you see me? I, I, I suppose in a way you could think, well, maybe they've just got no hair and they're facing the wrong way. I yeah. don't know. Or they just accidentally turn it around. Yeah. But yeah, that's so spooky. Uh, but thankfully, their dad was there to save the day and they didn't go any further. But yeah, just a really generally interesting and fascinating place um, that reminds me a bit of Glastonbury, you know? I remember the first time I went to Glastonbury, I was just in awe because I was walking around going, oh, witches and things. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I remember going there. Yeah, well, you have done oh, since you were little, many, many times. Many, many times. What? I don't know, I'm just rambling. <laughs> <laughs> well, we hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, don't forget to leave us a review if you haven't done so already. Um, this just helps us like get discovered by other people um, who might enjoy the show and recommend your friends. That'll be great and fantastic and lovely. Autumn is coming. Yes. I'm just adding that in there because I'm getting excited. I'm like knitting socks in a frenzy. <laughs> <laughs> that brings us to this episode. I hope you enjoyed. And we'll catch up with you again on Thursday. We will indeed. Take care, everyone. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.